This is a HeadGum Podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We listen to Julian Baker, and we're going to talk about it today on Good Christian Fun. Yeah, I'm a kid Diego. Hard. Consider the source. Hey. God, consider the source. It's me. I'm a fan of my mom. And the tea is still a little bit warm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Good Christian Fun. I'm Kevin. I'm Caroline. You can get piping warm tea here. And on the tea GCF. is still a little bit warm today. <laughs> thank you, Amy. Uh, thank you, Amy. That was, of course, Amy Grant uh, from our episode last week in which we spoke to her. And that is basically the version of the song we played for her uh, when she was on, which included Caroline and I saying in unison harmony, uh, and I Borat saying my wife. What was she doing with her face during that point? Because I really couldn't look. At oh, her. I'm going to do this for, just for our guests, for no one else. But she was just kind of like. <laughs> oh, no. No, just a sweet smile. Here's the problem. Like the way the video recorded on the Zoom, it doesn't show her face because I would pay so much uh, money to just have video of her face just politely being like, okay, when is this over? <laughs> All right. Oh, what a fun time. Good Christian Fun is the podcast where we talk about Christian pop culture, music and movies, and entertainment made for and made by Christians. Uh, and sometimes about that stuff, and some sometimes by people who are in the church, out of the church, wrestling with issues of faith, but we're not here to make fun of those people or to make fun of you, and we're not here to make you go to church either. We're just here to have fun. We're just here to have fun for our last in-person record for Caroline and I for the <laughs> foreseeable oh, right. future. Yeah. Uh, because the main character of 2020, she's back, and she's got a new little dress on. It'll be our second breakthrough of the year. First was Amy, and the second will be us having COVID. <laughs> Corona, where did you get that top? Oh, it's a Delta original. <laughs> well, it looks smashing on you, darling. So, yeah. yeah, maybe maybe this will be it. Hopefully not, but we'll see. I almost do. You ever feel like, wow, I would just love to have it and be done, you know? And then I had it. Mm, it's, the, it's the anticipation no. that's killing. Me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Corona's really been edging us for the last eighteen months. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing, and it kind of is driving me wild. It is driving me wild. That's what I this gotta have it. All about. Yeah, please give it to me, Corona. Oh my lord. Uh, no, I don't. I don't really have that thought because I'm so scared of like. And then there's 0.001% of like redhead cucks that get like <laughs> a special version of the, de- the disease that makes their entire... CDC issues a special warning <laughs> for redhead virgins. Please, please stay home. <laughs> we can't lose another. And for some You're reason, like, breed. I keep canceling plans but I don't tell anyone why. I'm like, I'm tired tonight. I'm tired again tonight. Uh, Kevin is so tired. Yeah, I'm going to stay home and watch a movie. I love Letterboxd. news uh, that came out. <laughs> Uh, Um, You know, Caroline, in a way, 
last week's episode with Amy was kind of the apex of all of the discussion and dialogue we've had about CCM and contemporary Christian music. Yes. We've understood it. And yet we will persist talking about Nevertheless, it. Nevertheless, we <laughs> persisted, which is like half of all podcasts during the <laughs> pandemic. Like they persisted. I don't know why. But maybe today's artist and, and the topic is the future of what Christian music is going to look like totally. for people who consume it in the 21st century in 2021. And we're talking about Miss Julian Baker. Uh, Julian Baker, one-third of Boy Genius, a talented artist in her own right. When I looked up her age, I threw up. She is 25 years old. Yeah. Doesn't make me feel good. She's a child. About anything. Uh, but before we get into all of that, let's introduce our very special guest. Once again, friends and folks, you may know him from Relevant Magazine and his own podcast, Cape Town. Give it the heck up for Tyler Huckabee! <laughs> he didn't kill a dog. You, you know that thing? Yeah, yeah I unfortunately. That. I'm sorry. I'm, yeah, thanks for bringing that up. You hear those jokes no, all the time. I'm sorry, Tyler. No, I did. But I did it. But it's true. No, that's the best. It's, it's true that you didn't kill a dog. It's good so, news. Yeah, you can't. Yeah. SGN, Tyler didn't kill a dog. That's how I lead with all my intros. To we don't talk about through. how often That's men how I want to don't be kill dogs, you know? Yeah. Tyler, yeah. How, how, much of, how much of a Venmo would it take from me to get you to tweet, I didn't kill a dog today, winky face. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you have it. Okay. There's not, you know, <laughs> it's just because because it, it's it, it's uh first of all, it'd be one of those. Uh, my tweet about how I didn't kill a dog is raising a lot of questions answered by my tweet situations that would just come <laughs> back to like mm. to bite you. And uh, and B, it just feels like one of those jokes that would go south. Like some people would get it, and then people like, "This is not." Funny. They do. People do kill dogs. I don't know if you've heard. People dog really care about dogs a lot. So yeah, you know, it's getting it's getting worse. I care about dogs. <laughs> I've got my my buddy is right here by my feet. He's Aww. he's looking up at me because he wants we to. We got two finish. buddies. Yeah, we can, we can do hey. it. for the podcast Dexter, yeah. wake up. Dexter, hey buddy. You have a message. It's it's time. Our producer Dexter's on the ones and twos. <laughs> Dexter. Dexter. Dexter is so tired. <laughs> Well, he is our producer, so he's kind of has Aww. a strict Aww, ethic. Oh, look at this. Sweet guy. What's sweet guy's name? This is Willie. 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 Oh, and he they is They kind of look alike. Isn't he? Yeah, he doesn't care. This, yeah. Dexter, this Willie, is your this little is Tennessee is. brother. I will say, okay, this is a true story. I, you know, and this will kind of get us into the into the discussion today. Tyler's kind of giving okay. us. I feel like I should Venmo Tyler for what he just showed us on, uh, on Zoom.com. Prime content right there. I went to I went to a dog park. Uh, excuse me, a dog cafe here in Eagle Rock, California, called Muddy Paw. It's a dog cafe. You you might have heard of cat cafes where they have a bunch of cats already there at the coffee shop and you can just hang out with them and maybe pet them if they don't scratch you. The dog cafe is essentially just a regular coffee shop and then there's a patch of green in the back where they like a, essentially like a mini oh, park, nice. AstroTurf and stuff. And in the four or five times I've been, it's been a uniformly positive experience. And I am saying that positive. P-A-W. Yeah, Aww. that's right. Uh, I heard it, yeah. Uh, is it all little dogs? No, there's all no sizes. size restrictions as wow. I found that out the last time I was there. <laughs> 
<laughs> in which there was oh, oh hey Willie <gasps> hey he's a terrier too so maybe they would oh, like oh yeah he's a terrier maybe, maybe they would they're have related God connection loves the terrier God loves a terrier <laughs> uh, that song I've been trying to figure out the harmonies for for <laughs> four months <laughs> still haven't quite cracked it we'll crack it cut to me on the 110 a couple of weeks ago oh, just this like is his little torture collar yeah oh wow, yeah he's got a new you. training collar oh but I was there I won't get too into the details of this but I was there I was you hosting respect the privacy of the dogs you're speaking about that's right I'm not going to use real names so let's call her <laughs> Chunky Pam yeah <laughs> Chunky Pam <laughs> gracious <laughs> sounds like a mad TV sketch I, I was there with a friend of mine who Caroline you met the morning of our Amy interview uh, and so I was hosting her, like taking her around to different places in LA. We go to the dog park together and we're just hanging out and chilling. And there's like two or three other dogs. There's a couple of corgis. There's a huge Dane there Whoa. as well as a Shiba Inu. And all the owners are like really nice and like genial and friendly and good to talk to. Like no one's strange. And then one of the girls looks at my friend and says, Megan? And it turns out this was a girl that went to college with my friend Megan. Wow. And so right. they started talking all about their, you know, they hadn't seen each other in like four or five years. Oh, cool. Like they went to Pepperdine oh, together. That's cool. Cool. But then the conversation led to like, I feel like I know you from somewhere, t- talking to me. And I was like, uh, <laughs> and I was like, well, have you heard of a woman named Ellen? I didn't say that. <laughs> Gilmore Girl Reboot, uh, Cafe C, uh, Second, in focus. <laughs> no, and it turns out that we used to, we went, I went to the same church that she went to. Oh, weird. Oh. And then we, w- we got into this two and a half hour discussion about, about said church. Yeah, and about deconstruction and about faith. Oh, and the whole thing. Yes, about all the complicated stuff she was going through. It turns out at the time that I spoke to her, she's married now, but she was a week away from her wedding and talking about, like, she got very personal and, and, you know, was very generous and vulnerable with her time. And it was like, it was really exciting too because all the people she was talking about, I'm like, oh yeah, my experience with this person is blah, blah, blah. It wasn't... um, it wasn't hypothetical yeah. or kind of abstract. Uh, it was like, oh, I can speak to this exactly. Crazy. And uh, yeah, so that was just an interesting sort of, those are the only, some of those conversations are the only times I feel like a lot of purpose in my life where it's like, okay, I want good for you. I have an idea of what I think that is. I don't know if it's particularly oh. being a part of this system. Obviously, that's everyone's choice to make for themselves, and there's a lot of factors mm-hmm. that weigh into those decisions. But but right there, surrounded by dog shit, you were a little shocked hey. to <laughs> you know uh, the next level of personal growth for someone. The, the, the dogs put you in a good vibe. Like the dogs bring on a good energy. I, <laughs> I think, think so. That so. helps a lot, right there. You can't be. And real yeah, I don't off. feel. I don't feel closer to anybody than if somehow it doesn't happen a whole lot but if you have that conversation where you're like but somehow religion comes up because right there you're on thin ice like this could go a lot of different directions right now if somebody says if so if that if you're there and then (laughs) if it happens to be the not that rare of a person who kind of grew up in the church and maybe had isn't had either a bad experience or it's kind of like, I'm not, it's not really where I'm at anymore, but I'm maybe I'm kind of there. Then right that we're on the same wavelength, brother. Oh we, yeah. We, let, let's, like let's instant. talk about it. And then I will tell you anything. Like, yes. Right. The yeah. Experiences Especially in when my you're in a similar that, generation too, where it's like, yeah. Oh yeah. All these touch points. Like we remember living through them. 
I feel like you almost there's almost nothing then that I can bring up that's going to feel too vulnerable totally. or too real. Oh, right? and that's because the thing that was the case with her for sure. Where it's like, oh, I guess we're talking about this now. All right, let's yeah. go. And it was kind of great. Like I really felt. Uh, I think I think because each successive point in the conversation there was more and more overlap. There was really no point where we're like, well, actually, I need to push back on that respect. But, <laughs> right. you know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, like, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> right, right, right. But as far as like queer affirmation and, and women uh-huh. in the church yeah, yeah, and all this yeah. stuff, we were like fully aligned. I'm showing Caroline right now uh, video of the dogs because the point I want to make is that all the dogs were like chilling and having fun and playing together. And then my boy, Dexter, our producer of the GCF podcast, was just off to the side by himself, not hanging out with anybody at all. Dex. Like a little social weirdo, like the kid in the corner. I'm not like other people. I'm weird. I'm a weirdo. Yeah. That's Dexter. My Jughead Terrier boy. Um, Speaking of your story, I have maybe for the first time, like really had the inverse of that experience mm-hmm. where I was talking to like a vendor at work that I work with a lot and I talk to a lot. And for some reason it came up that I have a podcast, which means he asks what I do. And that's always like a little bit of a dance. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, you know, I grew up in the church and we talk about that kind of stuff. And he was like, I, I think I asked him, oh, did you grow up, you know, religious as well or anything? And he was like, yeah, I was raised Catholic. And he asked me, he's like, are you evangelical? And I was like, oh, no, 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 I'm not evangelical anymore. And he was like, oh, I am. I'm, I'm bored again. <laughs> I was like, oh, no. That was a mislead on nice. his part. Yeah. That was a bait and switch. <laughs> I, know, and I, was like, yeah. I was like, oh, absolutely not. I and he was you. like, I am. <laughs> and we'll fall for life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I think it was also the first time like someone's disclosed that. And in the you know, past, I would have been like, cool, me too. You know, and now for the first time, I'm like, huh, maybe. I don't want to talk about that with you anymore. Oh, you know? yeah. Interesting. No, we call that Evan baiting around here. <laughs> Evan baiting. Watch out for it. Uh, yeah. Gracious. Yeah. yeah, yeah it's really uh, weird. The rug is pulled up for. Yeah. Isn't that strange how it used to be such a signal of like, oh, thank goodness I can talk to you in such and such ways? Yes. And now it's at least, if mm. not that, where it's like, oh, never mind. It's at least like, Oh, let me suss this yeah, out. Yeah. You, you need like also, five follow-ups. <laughs> it's all, yeah, it's like, well, what do you mean by evangelical? Right. I know what I mean by evangelical, and I know I'm not that, but that but the word is such a it's a, yeah, there's no version is. of it that I would say I, I am, but I also feel like it is just a very loose uh it, it's almost just like Yes, and in his case too, like because he was raised Catholic, he might have just been using it as like a standard for Protestant, you know, as well. Or I think people do that. that. Yeah, Yeah, which I don't know, but like uh, I'm, I'm not Catholic, but I am Christian and I'm American. Right. (laughs) Right, right, You know, I I feel like it can be a really That's how I took it, too. Yeah. I I don't think anybody's using Bennington's quadrilateral anymore to determine what an evangelical (laughs) is. Bennington's used it. What's it? Have we talked about this on the show? (laughs) Mm -mm. Bennington's quadrilateral. It's a real real thing. Uh Yeah. Yeah. This is, it used to be, and I I don't think, I don't even know if researchers claim, claim this anymore, but it's the four points of what technically makes somebody on a doctrinal theological level a evangelical is there like an Christian. x-axis y-axis yeah know, it's like a it's like, i think it's a circle down. that's cut into pizzas oh, okay. like chicago pizzas Ooh, pizza. babington's quadrilateral 
Right. Okay, okay, okay. And I'm not even trying to remember all four off the <laughs> dome Pence right now, but at some point I had Google. to. to <laughs> yeah, know I think I think we got the gist of it. <laughs> I think we got it. <laughs> yeah, there. That's. <laughs> oh my god. Some people are hairs and some people are flies. How do you identify? <laughs> what? Oh, I might have to look into that. That Why would be helpful that to know. It's like the it's like the like salvation. I think like the primacy of salvation. You got to get saved. It is. Like good works, like you're actively, your faith means you're actively involved in the world around you, trying to make mm-hmm. the world a better place. Mm-hmm. It's actual evangelism. Like you got, you're, you're out there trying to make more people right. like you. And then there's the fourth one. Okay, biblicism, yeah. a particular regard for the Biblicin. Bible. Yeah, yeah, Cruci- yeah. centrism, mm-hmm. a focus on the atoning work of Christ on the cross. Conversionism, the belief that human beings need to be converted. And activism, the belief that the gospel needs to be expressed in effort. So I think just going off a real gut check here, I am fully out on conversionism for myself. I Kevin I, hates activism. What I, I in all its <laughs> yeah. forms. I was campaigning yeah. for Nithia against her, actually. <laughs> yeah, it's part of the Nithia election. Biblicism a particular regard for the Bible. Oh, I got a particular regard for the Bible. <laughs> so these are like the building blocks or like the essential things that surround evangelicalism. Mm. It's not like a Venn diagram where like if you have these two, you're you No, know. is it you got and I think you gotta do all four. You're in or out. You gotta do all four. You, you don't yeah. get a, but I, but I think even maybe since that time, now we're getting into, this is, I got to save this for like, there's got to be some sort of cool Christian history podcast. This is a way better fit for hey, it. This is a cool Christian hey. history podcast. We talk about Christian history and it's there's cool. No history. Well, I guess, but yeah, Amy, but Amy Grant's not history. Amy we Grant's talked today. to history. Listen, last we're a dumping year. ground for any thought you may have. Yeah. So bring it to the table. I, I podcast or whatever you want about them to it. be. Yes. Here's my thought about it. Yeah. I feel like somebody's come up with a new system since this point, even that is maybe like a quintrilateral that there's more points now. Uh, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm Googling it now. Why oh. do you, do you, why do you think there's would be like a fifth or a sixth one? I don't know. I okay. feel like I've read that. I think okay. somebody got, came up with a better, they're like, no, 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 this is too simple. So Tyler <laughs> just trusted the media. Uh, yeah. Mm, the lame stream <laughs> media. I, I did just Google it like new Bevington quadrilateral. And the first thing that comes up is, Pastor Mark Driscoll's train of pain. And <laughs> you're right. yeah, you're either on the tracks or you're off it by oh, the yeah. saving grace of God. Way more than four. This is like a whole train. Just a just a collision car. Are you the caboose or the conductor? Are you on the tracks or are you off? I'm the collapsed bridge. It makes me think of the it's the trolley problem. That's yeah. the Mark Driscoll one. You just, yeah, you just got to figure out. He's like, what's the problem? <laughs> just kill everyone. Kind of run over both. Sounds good. <laughs> the trolley solution for, pet, for the notorious PMD. The trolley dream. The trolley run dream. Over, you're in over the thousand or million or whatever on that side. And then I'm up on the roof <laughs> with my rifle. Bam, taking out the two guys on the other track over there. Bam, bam, bam. No survivors. Oh, man. Where's their security on the trolley? Let's hire great. some what more. What else we got? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What Gracious. else we got? We have more surveillance. You know, on this podcast, sometimes we have a trolley problem. I'll say that much. When Anthony Big comes on, I like a wrecking ball. Oh, gracious. Well, speaking of Christian history, uh, last week, Tyler, as as uh, we mentioned, and we'll never stop talking a about for the rest of our lives. Yeah. Yeah. It was we a big did, week. We, talk, we did talk to the notorious AG, Amy Grant, uh, and we did get to sit 
sit down with her and I got to what an experience what a what a what, what a, bag a time for you what, yeah. what, what a, a bag. get I know I my know. ass Incredible. has ever been more finely roasted by a kind woman <laughs> by the yeah. way I mean to she let you have it to have a route that starts with Cheryl Crow and ends with your face looks like shit <laughs> it's just <laughs> admirable just beautiful yeah. a tip of my yeah. cap to you Amy. To it as only well. only she only she. <laughs> you only recently Amy. talked to her too what was your experience like for I that because she's because she's oh, out there great. plugging it and she's promoting yeah she's on the she's on the beat you know mm-hmm. she's on the beat right now and it was and, and it was so i had so i had heard you know here in nashville she's like a very known president everybody loves miss amy uh, she's pe- she people like, like her in a lot. town like oh yeah we see I've amy at the her. bakery <laughs> no <laughs> Whatever. Okay. i don't see i don't see amy at the bakery you don't get sight i had i had never seen her until my zoom like in person Got until okay. the, the interview that i did with her um she I, I think i've told you that i think her like there's some sort of connection to this little cb shop the, the cbd shop up here that like her no. daughter owns or runs or manages or something along those lines i probably shouldn't say it unless i know for sure it's one of oh those my things gosh. <laughs> tell your lawyers i'm sure i've heard that somewhere so cbd they, for me <laughs> <laughs> I can't wow. sleep with that. And uh but we had had we Liz and I had had to go out of town a while back and we needed somebody to watch our house and watch our dog for a few days and like a friend of a friend was like I know this person she's like it was during it was during covid stuff and she's like she needs something right now she'll do it. So this girl came over and we found come to find out she's one of Amy Grant's tour managers. We had no Whoa. idea until oh, she wow. was in the house. So this guy, yeah, oh she gosh. sat down and so Amy, I was like, pay your tour well, managers <laughs> more, by the way. Find out on tour, good riddance. <laughs> and now I didn't want to go on the trip because I want to stay here and learn all about this. And and she she only yes. had like the nicest things to say about Amy Grant, like everybody does. That's everybody, great. She was only like. She was like, she was like, I, I'm not a Christian. I'd never listened to Amy Grant or listened to any Christian music. Wow. Took the job because I need it. And she's the loveliest human being. It's been so helpful for my career and such a champion and advocate for me in oh, the industry. And, uh, and and has gotten me so many great jobs coming out of this and until and the pandemic, obviously. And then wow. she had no jobs. But, uh, but that was really reassuring. So then I was a, like... I'd had a few things come through and then finally this like Amy Grant got a PR email and was able to make it work kind of, I suppose, like like you all did. And we had a great time. I had such a nice chat with her. Um, she, what I really wanted to talk to her about was she wanted to talk a lot about songwriting. That was our most of our conversation. Was, was she was really thinking a lot about mm-hmm. songwriting. Yeah. And she told me about what sounded like the best thing ever. And I'm going to spoil the article out of this if I don't care about like, she had she read this like songwriting prompt in on the internet i think and she had such a fun time doing it that she like ran through her house and got like the house painters outside and some guy who was there to fix the dishwasher i think her daughter was there and got them all in a circle like we're all gonna write a song now and pass the songwriting prompt around and she just had her guitar (laughs) out and she was helping them play this song and she helped everybody write their own little song for the day and she was like she almost i think she got a little emotional talking about what a beautiful time it was and then they turned on james brown and they started just dancing afterwards to james brown song i was like this this isn't sounds real fake. this this you don't have to lie not. to me Amy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but also i believe that you are like this magical I, of a person every oh, day you yeah, know not a false bone in her body yeah 100 percent true it was so cool it was oh like it was God. much longer story than that but it was but that that so was like it's very it's very affirming you know never meet your heroes obviously we all know that unless your hero is amy 
Yeah. And then, then you're meet, good. Meet Amy. Then meet her. Yeah. And then redacted, redacted. <laughs> well, I, I think I kind of got to as good of a point as you did, Tyler, by saying, do you discover music and make playlists ever? <laughs> I thought that was an interesting question. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I was, was kind of interested in it. It was fine. Like, it what was does fine. she ran with it? Do about I, she totally ran with she it. She runs with everything, though. Pancakes, that's her magic. Music. Because <laughs> I, I guess that's the thing. Well, because, and you know, you're, you're a big Springsteen fan, too. I'm always so curious as to what his songwriting craft turned into because it's definitely more hit and miss in his 50s and 60s, especially like... Oh, for sure. M- my, my hypothesis with it is that he married his wife... Patty, and then they had their three children, or they had one child, then they got married, and then they had two children, not to tell tales outside of school. But he got so content with his life that then songwriting was just like, not that important to him and it wasn't just like my brain's on fire i have to get this stuff out i'm running my notebook all the time i'm like going back to the hotel room right after the show because i don't Mm. give a shit about all these other trappings and it became like the way he talked about in interviews in his 50s and 60s and now his 70s is like he would wake up and go to the kitchen table and like go to work and it's like i need to write a song today and it became so much more craftsman like for him in his like later years, yeah. Whereas before it's like, like a job versus like oh my inspiration, right? Comes it, to me in the whereas moment. before it was like I have this burning expression and it's like a weight I have to get off my back immediately. And there's like so much more urgency to it, which I think you can tell. So I was gonna like I wanted to understand, <laughs> and it sounds like you got to it in your interview. I'm looking forward to reading it. Just like how songwriting functioned for her too, because obviously she's a very thoughtful, soulful person about that stuff. And I do love the idea that it is sort of democratized in the way that I love thinking about music is like an ideal weekend getaway trip is like a cabin up in the mountains where there's like a piano and a guitar and like a couple of kind of good musicians and a couple of kind of good singers. And I was just like, you know, and, and doing their, <laughs> doing their thing. Yeah. I wonder that too. But I also, I also wonder, and this is kind of a songwriting trope that I, I don't know if this is true or not. Cause I'm, I'm not a songwriter. Uh, but I, I interview a lot of songwriters and I ask this sometimes, like if, if there's this fear of as you get older and if if you have success, getting more successful and there's just not as much material in being a mostly happy, you know, person who like sits around a home <laughs> with like a, a, a cool, a cool husband or wife and cool kids. Yeah, and a, a lot dog of the friction has just, been removed from your life. Yeah, like people write songs write about... about. Falling in and out of love and and struggling to find yourself. And that, I think that just makes, especially in America with our idea of what pop music should be, there's just more material there than there is in. And I, because when you think about like who's really writing great material later on down the line, if, if they've been fortunate enough to sort of find themselves in a much better more stable place in life. Mm-hmm. Some people don't, you know, some guys, Johnny Cash was writing good music well later on because he, he took him a long time to finally kind of figure his stuff out. Mm-hmm. Same with guys like, you know, Towns Van Zant or Gary Clark or stuff like that. Yeah. Or maybe as we get older too, the, the themes that older people sing about are more interesting to us. Well, yeah, that's yeah. a function of genre, too, because, like, yeah, because rock and pop stuff is like, I'm going to go out and get messed up, and oh, my God, and then country's <laughs> like, the taxes are due, and I'm overdrawn <laughs> in my bank account. It's like adult problems yeah. that kind of age with the audience, which is why there's such a cognitive dissonance watching Mick Jagger 
wiggle his 77 year old butt and talking about having sex where it's like you're old go home yeah. <laughs> be with your family or whichever one no, you I choose i want him to sing about that that's comforting to me <laughs> as a 77 year old man yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> i remember i, the, I remember the fuck being trained to stop for me <laughs> okay, you know at 77 my kill train and my fuck train <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah that's how i kind of hope i go out yeah i remember being like being uh, like when I was in college, started listening. That was when like the national was starting to get really big. And I remember a very unique experience that I don't know if I've really had since of listening to the national and being like, these guys are definitely older than me. Like they are having grown up problems. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah, I, yeah. these are not, like, I like this music, but I cannot relate <laughs> to this experience of like, you know, he was already singing about like kind of feeling weird in your marriage and life isn't quite as cool as you thought it was going to be when you were younger. And I was like, well, I'm feel all right about my life right now <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah yeah totally and there's and now later as i got older you go back to those really national albums and you're like oh speak on it <laughs> right exactly yeah that's, that's exactly church. yeah and there's something so you say the national i'm i'm reminded of how uh folklore and evermore were so radical where it's like oh she's like a like an adult 30 31 year old woman who's like Uh i want to give you my child i'm in love with you i'm like like the 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 pop sound of settling down is so interesting to hear to be able to make it accessible and not just boring is like such a a talent Mm. and a gift Mm. i think it's really hard to do Mm. it must be really hard to do because it doesn't happen very much positions is a song about uh, an album about settling down ariana grande ariana grande how so she talks a lot about it, about like, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to give you babies, like all that stuff. It's 34 plus 35. That's like settling down <laughs> all settling. the way down. Kevin, you, you think that couples can't do freaky deaky hey, stuff. Hey, don't look like, at me when you talk top. about <laughs> And on bottom. And on bottom. <laughs> Wait, how does that work? On the floor with cushions. No, okay, okay. You said cushions. Okay, I got a little less scared at that point. Wait, who's she with? I actually don't know who she's with. Oh I'm my gosh, a realtor like, named like Dalton. The most normal <laughs> right. person. Okay, yeah. yeah. They're married. Yeah, she's... She is with a guy, like literally just some just guy. Just some guy, mm-hmm. yeah. Mr. Ariana Grande. Like you look at him, yeah. you're like, he seems nice. <laughs> uh, you, yeah, I, you I would, appreciate like men who have that sustainability of ego to like Issa Rae's uh, now husband, she got married yeah. to a few days ago, where it's like, he does business. And it's like, all right, yeah. <laughs> he doesn't need to be super. Yeah, yeah, they probably are yeah. very happy. Great. Oh, How would man. you like to be the businessman and the Issa Rae wears Mary's business, <laughs> longtime businessman boyfriend? Amazing! I'd be like, sure. Now. But yeah, that's that's sure. the thing about like I, you know, not to speak too much into their personal life, but it's like that Amy and Vince are together is like such an interesting combo because like what they must have found value in in each other in the relationship, and the way she talks about the relationship because I listen to so many interviews. Uh, what does she say when she talks about him now? She, well, she, there was a real sweet thing that she said in one long form interview I listened to where I'm going to mess up the math for a little bit, but she said, I have to believe, you know, if I'm hanging over a volcano by a piece of floss, then it's my, it, the strength of it is my belief that Vince is telling me the truth all the time. Wow. And even just like an image like that in, in terms of like the the foundation wow. of their trust and love and marriage. I think this is also the same interview, by the way, which she said, we don't tell each other who we vote for. Oh. 
<laughs> I don't need that much honesty. <laughs> hey, listen, I want to know the truth. If I ask them, <laughs> otherwise, put that floss in the cabinet. Sentiment. It's a what? Like, it's such a lovely sentiment too. Yeah, like that being the bedrock be a of your life. Yeah, she yeah. should. She's yeah. kind of poetic. Is that what it feels like, gang? <laughs> Married crew? Yeah. For y'all? You gotta believe Liz. You gotta believe Nate. Oh yeah. With you know, Always. that's kind of the foundation of your yes. life in a way, in terms of like your sanity, especially in the last year and a half. That's like I can trust this person. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Not he even has, like a yes. are you lying to me way, but just in like a holistic way. He has always felt like home mm. for me in every sense of that. Yeah. It, it would never even occur to me to not try to be like, mm, I don't know. Like, well, I hope I'm playing some down not... in your head right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Honey, I've been thinking, like, ever you turn the podcast, the recording equipment off, you're like, hm, do I know my wife? <laughs> <laughs> GCF really She's made me with yeah. doubt now and, and yeah if I was good like, do I, I trust her I trust her yeah. I trust yeah. her no, 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 I don't know why I'm talking so high I, I, sometimes my voice gets high it's not a big deal wait okay and don't answer if this is too personal question but um, but I don't think I've ever asked you but I'm curious especially like uh given your history and kind of arc and, and just thinking about you and Caroline as well. And like the way your relationships must've evolved, but your wedding, how inflected was it by Christian tradition when you and Liz got married, however many years ago that was? It was, um, the, I would say that the, you know, we, the, a pa- our pastor at the time did the ceremony. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it was Pastor it, Mark Driscoll. <laughs> and it was, and it was, it was the, the, the notorious PMD. <laughs> really, really, really good at weddings. <laughs> I, I don't agree with everything he does. He but. kills at weddings. So though. charming. He's worth his rate. <laughs> we had we had a um, so you know the prayer ahead of time and and uh, I, I'm sure it's I don't know Caroline if you feel this way but mm. it's weird how much of the actual ceremony now is like what did we do what did I'm sure oh, people yeah. were there we stood we said something I suppose. <laughs> Yeah, um, I was, I, I remembered it being it like so by. quick and flying by. And then I watched the video of the ceremony. I was like, this is kind of dragging. <laughs> <laughs> and I was taking the video and you can hear me heavily breathing and the more bored I get. Like snoozing and it goes horizontal. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but there it's, wasn't it was hard a, there, to remember a lot of it. There wasn't a hymn. There wasn't a, there, there was no communion? foot washing, none oh, of that yeah, stuff. Okay, yeah. There was no, there was no candle. So there was there weren't a lot of Christian trappings mm-hmm. other than the pa- our pastor uh, gave uh, gave the ceremony and prayed and nice. I'm sure referenced something about the something about some about Adam and Eve time. you know that <laughs> Adam and Eve <laughs> I'm sure about to commit a lot of sin tonight <laughs> like Everyone. Adam and Eve did what do you mean <laughs> your sons are gonna kill each other <laughs> I love weddings. Oh. <laughs> Uh wow. We had a okay. good, we had a good one. We had a nice wedding. Yeah. yeah. It was, Indoor, it was outdoor? Is it in Tennessee? It, it was in Tennessee. It was it was that part was indoor and then we kind of like threw, it was like this barn situation. We threw open the doors and Caroline, it was raining the ceremony Nothing itself. to say. Caroline, do you have a tweet that <laughs> no. you want to resurface? No. <laughs> oh no. no. Oh no. Why would you do 
this? Because. I don't want to neg my friend. No, listen. I mean, it wasn't a, Let him see it online first of all, like everybody else. It's with distance. I'm using, <laughs> I'm using barn loosely, like the door situation. We were, we were in town. We were oh, in okay. Nashville. This was not a. Not a literal barn. This was, there, people were not sitting on hay bales. Okay. It, like, this was a very. So I'm just going to briefly quote okay. my friend at Caroline's Farts, Doofus Wainwright on Twitter, for those that know. Uh, on ele- at 11:41 a.m. July 20th, 2021, she tweeted, "I will miss when weddings are no longer themed barn." <laughs> and barn is in quotes. I think that's positive. <laughs> I will miss not... it. <laughs> yeah, she'll miss it. I liked it. I like barn too. I did like it. I thought my, it was pretty. My brother's wedding was barn. Barn. Barn wedding? Yeah. Mine will be like barn suspenders in the or Well, it was just at his um his father-in-law's farm property. So the reception was literally in a barn. Can yeah. I take a stand on tangent for a second? Yeah. I talked to a coworker the other day that was having a themed wedding. Mm-hmm. And he was like, it's a theme. Mm-hmm. And the theme is Shrek. <laughs> the movie Interstellar. No. What? How? Oh, How is that no. the theme? No, you can't do How? that. I, 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 <laughs> Wait a minute. It really threw me off balance for a second. I was like, cool. <laughs> but um, yeah, and he was like, yeah, we've built the bookcases that will like symbolize the bookcase. And his his thing was like, and this kind of made sense to me. And it was like that love, you know, transcends even time. It, it's his Anne takeaway Hathaway's, from that movie. Yeah. And Hathaway has a little monologue about that. that <laughs> yes, movie. exactly. I remember. Yeah. But the, it's love the love between him and his daughter, if anything. So, yeah, it's, uh, that's again, a love story a between wedding. Murph and McConaughey. So, yeah. Murph. There's going to be a photo booth in which you can look at pictures of the, of children growing up too quickly and sob yourself <laughs> to death <laughs> as McConaughey does. Like, that would Jessica, be a nice quote. Jessica to, Chastain. I know. Is, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's no dancing. Yeah. It's just like contemplating your mortality. I mean, I guess uh, they could have Timothee like, Shama Payne at the table. Oh, okay. That's something. Okay, you love something this. There. Yeah. Actually, yeah. this wedding rules. <laughs> Unless she's walking down the aisle to the organ from the score, it's not a complete theme wedding. She probably will because the score in the movie haunts them very lovely. lovely, very, very nice. lovely score. Very nice. You yeah. could you could do the rage, rage against the dying light as the fun, as the I don't yeah. know. It's not a great wedding vow situation, but, yeah. but it's in there. I've, I've made a good Murphy's Law joke. I feel like you could probably use that a lot throughout the wedding. They take but. communion, and the VO over the PA is Michael Caine. Do not go greatly gently into that great night. <laughs> <laughs> While they're like feeding each other a little tablets of all bread. Right. <laughs> all right, Kevin. It's too late for me and Caroline, but it's not too late for you. If you had to, if your wedding had to have a movie, the it has to be a movie thing. Yeah. Oh. It has to be a movie? Hmm. Yeah. Gosh, Tyler, you put me in a tough spot here. I don't know. Something I'm not inclusive. Hold you to it. Something for everyone. <laughs> I'm just ge- thinking of you doing your vows and be like, I promise to be your good neighbor the rest of my life. <laughs> and, and like we button each other's cardigans. Yeah, yeah you button them up. Yeah. yeah. They put clothing on each other. Yeah. We, yeah, so dressing them down. I don't know. So, uh, maybe like uh, Fight Club. Moulin Rouge would a be fi- a fun one. Oh, someone's Fight done a Moulin Rouge, Rouge wedding yeah. for sure. Surely, yeah. That's a right. great aesthetic Although, right there. But she dies. She dies. Right. But yeah. like Moulin Rouge up until the last 15 minutes. It's pretty fun. <laughs> That's the theme of my it's wedding. fun. <laughs> Turn it on. Is everybody do the sexy. whole elephant medley? Yeah, yeah, yeah that'd be cute. That's cool. Me and my wife are going to have a Scarface 
<laughs> this is disgusting. <laughs> what about you, Tyler? Our college what would your dorm movie room poster. Uh, What's your great uh, drama that you would base your entire wedding? Yeah, I vibe don't know. On? We old. We <laughs> we both really love and and like really early on really bonded over almost famous. So we might do it. You you could oh, find that'd be great. you know just in some of the. Have you seen it? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The style. You know, you could just—it's not like a very romantic movie necessarily, but you—you you could, yeah, stylistically, you can pull a, a lot from it, and and uh, I think I think we even I think we pulled the wind, uh, Cat Stevens, the wind from that for uh, and I, I, I think that was what Liz danced, yeah, Liz danced with her, that's good. with her dad too. Listen, as long as you're not doing a Harry Potter wedding, you can do pretty any do. other movie. <laughs> You're probably in the clear otherwise. Wait, I told you. Wait, I, I'm going to close this loop real quick and then get to my <laughs> thing about Harry Potter real quick and then we'll take a break. But yeah. man, what a rich topic for us is just wedding no, stuff. Yeah, no, it's oh, all, yeah. I got a few weddings to go here. to later this year. I'm Ooh, so excited. Oh, cool. Oh, that'll be fun. In a few yeah. years. Um, but uh, yes, for the Almost Famous wedding, you could definitely, as June, Diane Raphael, and Paul Shear did for their wedding, they got a Jack Nicholson impersonator to be the best man. You get a Philip Seymour Hoffman impersonator to be oh, Lester oh, Banks. So oh, funny. yeah. Oh, and love that. you get a Mark Maron impersonator to say, lock the gates when they, uh, you know, when, when you guys drive off uh, to, the, you know, to the wedding night. Jimmy Fallon impersonator for the prenup situation. Like, <laughs> Do you promise that? You can't afford it. Oh, my gosh. Unfortunately, my Jimmy Fallon <laughs> impression, as is Tyler's, is mostly physical. like, <laughs> Convulsing. Just laughing. The Harry Just Potter la- wedding. Laughing thing. like a Muppet. <laughs> <laughs> Loose arms. Um, uh, there was a wedding that I was the MC at, I want to say five years ago. This is in 2016. And uh, it was two nerds that got married to each other. Great. One guy I've known cool. for like 12 years, and I've known her I, at this point for half the time. Um, and so sweet with each other. It was like a perfect fit. They were just immediately best friends and fully in love, but they were just little dorks. They were just cute little dorks. Uh, they walk, She walked down the aisle to the um, song from Tangled, At Last I See the Light, oh, that's which nice. was really good. It was performed yeah. live by oh. uh, two of our friends who are also a couple Ooh, who beautiful. are good. The, the kind of weird accreditation there is that his dad was a hugely successful songwriter for like Madonna. And he wrote, uh, I see your true colors. Oh, wow. That was his dad. Wow. It wasn't him. But anyway, so they walked down the aisle to that song. For the reception tables, of which I was in charge of dismissing by tables <laughs> so people could go <laughs> to the buffet, <laughs> they didn't simply have table one, table two, table three. They did name them by location from their favorite properties. So instead of table one, table two, table three, <laughs> they had locations from Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, cool. and Harry Potter. Aww, so they yeah. did They did have Hogwarts, they did have yeah. Minas Tirith, indoor, tattooing, things like that. Uh, Rivendell, whatever, the Shire. Cute. Now the problem is, for the people who are at the tables, they weren't quite sure how to pronounce their table, like even reading it on a placard in front of them. <laughs> hearing it doesn't register. Ministerious. So when I yeah, when I'm like yeah. Ministerious, time to go get some dinner. 
No one moves. Just Everyone's like just like, at each okay, other. all right. Man, I'm hungry. So, so I had to physically go every time <laughs> and say like, okay, you're you're ready. You're done. Like, let's let's go. Let's but do the Dobby this. table had it figured out. No problem. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The Dobby table was on lock. <laughs> I feel like you're 100% going to have a movie themed wedding. I feel no. like your life is movie themed. No, 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 no. <laughs> like... There would be like no? a light. No, there would be a light photo booth theme. If anything, it would be like, oh, this prop is an Easter egg. Like, oh, there's a jar of marmalade yeah, or elements. something. That, yeah, that, you're telling me there's not going to be Paddington yeah. written all yeah, over yeah, yeah, your yeah. wedding. Yeah, but right. like a little bear topper on the Aww. wedding cake. Just one guy. <laughs> <laughs> I marry myself. <laughs> hey, that's valid. No, hey, that's valid to marry yourself. I think that was a glee <laughs> plot. Uh, yeah, no, I would put. Yeah, I would put little elements at like. Maybe the uh-huh. tables or maybe the photo booth. I would not theme a wedding out where it's like, <laughs> I'm wearing a, uh, an orange tuxedo or something. Or like, I'm wearing his raincoat for... Again, just look at your apartment for just a second right now. There's various things. <laughs> it's like hodgepodge. Yeah. There's art. It's not one movie. <laughs> I take it. It's not one movie. It's not all Star Wars. Like, I don't think you would... <laughs> Yeah, it's just those are lot. all from all over the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's fine. I'm I just sh- want you to embrace it, acknowledge. I am it, no, I'm not. It. I'm not ashamed of it, but I that feels like a nightmare to go to a movie themed wedding. I would not. Yeah, I would not do that. I, I would maybe have Unless like you to wear a costume. Movie pop. What's that? Unless you got to wear a costume, that would be fun. <laughs> Like we do our first dancing costume. Yeah, yeah the, all like, the guests get to As room. like Goofy and, and, and Minnie. And, and then I make my best man stand in the corners, <laughs> Mickey, just watching the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> Gosh, let's finish this up. I should get married again. This is too fun. I do wish I had more like bits at my wedding. I think having a... a um, impressionist do something would be fun it's you know at the time and I'm sure for you too Tyler it's like you're because you guys were probably on the younger side when you got married so it's like you're taking it seriously it's like you're not as relaxed as you are when you get older I mm-hmm, guess mm-hmm. it's like there, there feels like there's more on the line in terms yeah. of stakes it was ours was very low-key we did not oh, yeah. T- yeah, ours was not a big. It was. It wasn't a huge to do. Okay, so which we love, which is what we wanted. <laughs> okay, <laughs> we don't it all was, have barns was... at our disposal. <laughs> what? I shouldn't have said barn. It's not a bar. I'll send you. It's I'll like send you the word. property. I know that property. downtown Nashville is just barn after barn after barn, <laughs> back to back. It is downtown <laughs> library it, barn, it, diner barn. <laughs> DMV bar. We got a we got a great rate on it because it wasn't even when we saw it, it wasn't even done yet. And there were like we had to, there was like a hard hat area when we were looking through it. So they gave us a little cut on the property oh, and they're so like, We're thinking great. over here there's probably gonna be some sort of like windows or like, Well that'd probably be nice in my mind's eye. That's a lot of we got to take a break. We could talk about this all day, but before we do, I'm going to play us out, Tyler, with um, the intersection of my interest, which is um, a version of the song Born in the USA uh, that the Muppets did, which of course is called Born in the USA, uh, and this was, was on Sesame Street. <laughs> so we'll go We'll go out with this. If I can find I'm it on find Spotify. Oh. I know, it's kind of in a minor key, yeah. so it sounds a little spooky. <laughs> so, yeah. Some of us Some of us Some of us That's little Bruce. 
All right, uh, let's take a break and we'll be right back with some more good Christian fun. I need to know why they did it in minor. It's so weird. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset, hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Welcome back to Good Christian Fun. It's time to dive into this topic. Come on, let's go. Julian Baker. Okay, Tyler, when did Julian Baker come onto your radar you know, as an artist? Yeah, I was trying to think about that. I was trying to remember when this was. I think I was maybe a little late to it. Um, I think that it may like, I feel like by the time I started telling people like, Hey, have you heard, have you heard about this Julian Baker girl? And people were like, Oh yeah, she's great. Like, I don't, I don't feel like I, I mean, everyone was kind of holding out on me, you know, like I was, I was just a little too little late to the party. Um, so to be fair, she's 25 years old, so it's all relative. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And so I, th- it was probably like right when like her and Phoebe and Lucy were all kind of getting big at the same time. Mm. And this was, and this was maybe a year or so before Boy Genius. And of those three, and I really do like them all a lot. I, I think they're, I, obviously everybody likes Phoebe, you know, we don't need to talk, you know, she doesn't need, I, I'm not going to simp for her and Paul. There's enough <laughs> Not to for do free. That. I will. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pasadena local, uh, or she was at one point. She's oh, from really? Pasadena, California. Loves Romans, was uh, standing Romans when oh. they were like a, a local bookstore Ooh. here when they were about oh. to close. What does she have to write about? If you grew up in Pasadena, you had no struggles <laughs> in life. Hey, it depends yeah. <laughs> on what part of Pasadena. The northeast side can be a little spooky. And what do you mean by that, Kevin? I mean that our friend, <laughs> the first night she moved I'm into her house, was clawed. There was a man that came to the door and clawed at it for this an hour. This is true. Well, those this are mountain is, people. Well, that's dark. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what dark. I mean. But that can happen anywhere. <laughs> yeah. People claw on doors all over from sea to shine east to west. Yeah. And isn't Ju- that Julian lives, Ju- but Julian lives here in Nashville. Yeah, she's um, in Tennessee. So she's somebody who I actually do see around. No, she, really? She's, yeah, she's in the scene here in on East Nashville. Oh, my gosh. But We've never, we don't, we don't, we're not friends when we don't talk to each other, but. Mm-hmm. Not yet. Um, She's going to get a Google so alert I, for this and be like, what uh, the hell? No, yeah, that's true. That's true. He so, sees me around. <laughs> and I was Ew. really want, I was really immediate because I was really raised on the kind of music that I feel like she's a next gen version of like the. The, and I think she's even talked about how much she owes to bands like Under Oath, uh, Further Seems Forever, Dashboard Confessional. That was my scene when I was in high school big time. Yeah. I was a, 
I was a very pathetic kid in terms of just really loving the oh. like the whiny emo boy stuff, yeah. Um, like the high voice. In retrospect, fairly misogynistic. Uh, that was my whole. That was that scene was. I really really loved it. Under Earth is misogynistic. I'm under not, Earth's I'm, not. I'm not. Uh, I, know, I think Under Earth's all right, but a lot of that scene, scene. Mm. a lot of that scene has got has come under like rightfully a lot of fire for how it treated women and talked about women in the lyrics and mm-hmm. wow, bands like yeah. Brand New and uh, but you can tell in her lyrics definitely that that was that how much she owes to that type of music, which I think is a big part of why it resonates with me. And also, she's just a very good songwriter and really truly i think one of the best voices out there love right it. now love she it so much can sing it's incredible the first um, time she so came I, yeah i was a fast fan yeah yeah yeah. I, I for me the first time she came onto my radar was uh there was this npr show that they do every year where it's like an annual roundup of christmas songs that i think it's all it's uh-huh. an episode of all songs considered and this is back, I want to say, in like 2015 or 16. So it was right around the time Sprained Ankle uh-huh. came out first, but before Turn Off the Lights. And there was a song of hers on it called Lawn Ornaments, which isn't on any of her albums, but it was just on some indie thing. And I remember listening to that. And then when her 2017 album came out, being so stoked. And then her profile rose with everyone else's, like you were saying, when all the boy genius started. A rising Phoebe lifts all boats, pretty much, with those girls, thankfully. I think so. yeah, thankfully for yeah. all of them. Which the commonality with the three of them, too, is that they're all ex-Christian kids Kinda, in some yeah, fashion. They came, they've all sung about it at some point. Yeah. Interesting. In their, in their work. So Phoebe Bridgers. Is, Julian was the first one on my radar, and then Phoebe, and then Lucy, mm-hmm. I think. Lucy's got a song called VBS on her newest album. She she talks about it pretty explicitly. And and uh, <laughs> Phoebe has talked about being forced to go to the California Pizza Kitchen after youth group a lot <laughs> here in Pasadena. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I was kind of struck by the same things of, of Julian's voice and the kind of, there's a particular kind of melodic songwriting that she would do where like you could do if you wanted to and like people like Bo and Yang have done parodies of Phoebe Bridger songs in terms of like melody and the way she uses her voice. You could do like a Julian Baker parody if you wanted to, like a certain kind of jangle of guitar plus maybe a piano plus a a sort of, uh, not plotting's not the right word for uh, the- Plotting. A little plotting, okay, for Caroline. Okay. Uh, whoa. Um, yeah, so- Are you not a fan, Caroline? Oh, uh, no. <laughs> no, I- I <laughs> I, I've never intentionally listened to her music until for this show, um, but I've heard her name and everything. But yeah, the, the style is not really for me. Why not? Why it's not <laughs> it fun? Sounds like, it sounds like songs that I would like make up in my car is how this music oh sounds my to me God. Like, wow. i'm going here wow. and here yeah and just like that's how it sounds to me like there doesn't seem to be uh, anyway g- keep going keep oh, talking man. no 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 this is good oh yeah this i kind of want to follow this path down just in terms of melody you're saying or like lyrically what it melody seems to- what melody where's the melody oh my nothing God. nothing wow. can you remember any of the melodies from this song i mean it's just like it's just floating up and down sure how, sure sure, how sure. It feels to me you know, and that's fine that can be okay and i really do think she's amazing at lyrics and those i can appreciate mm-hmm, and i can talk about mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. but the music itself i don't know maybe it's just not a mood i like or something but i just don't, i couldn't listen to it for a long time wow yeah i, I wouldn't call it 
catchy for sure. If that's what we're talking, I know what you mean by that. Like, it's not where the hooks. <laughs> where the yeah, I just like the structure isn't there. I guess, the, and I don't need everything to have most, a million hooks, you know, and like be uh, caught in my head or whatever. But just like anything would okay. be nice. Well, I want to make a point about structure actually in particular because this might tie into it in that she's talked explicitly in interviews about how because of her background and her religion and spirituality, she writes explicitly in quatrains. Quatrains is like a particular sort of pantameter or like verse that you like that hymns are written in. Mm-hmm. What do you what? <laughs> just thinking about i was just thinking about the way that some of her music sounds and some of it did sound worship musicy to me mm-hmm. and then it, it reminded me that the sound is exactly the same as when that person made up a song at like the easter service at the tail end of the worship oh my god <laughs> it sounds exactly <laughs> like that and that's what i mean by it like it just sounds no. like improvised in the moment mm-hmm. by a good we're musician two, but without being refined. we're having two very different experiences with this <laughs> we are this is a true you know this, this is, is a sort yeah. of siskel and ebert moment that we're having mm-hmm. right i guess now, that's true yeah this yeah, is where true. the show lives and where it moves <laughs> we love yeah. these subliminal space yeah absolutely yeah don't don't understand in the the sense of the appeal yeah yeah and i think if you're listening for something that is dark or Mm -hmm. something that is evocative of you know unflattering or unpleasant you know themes and stuff (laughs) like that i just feel like again you could still write better music to go with these lyrics like i want her lyrics given to someone who who like writes full lush music like you know ariana I mean? grande <laughs> maybe honestly yeah ariana do you think rejoice. ariana is trash but she's not i don't think she's ariana's a really trash good musician, at all so, i don't think she's trash but at all anybody like just anybody could do i think a little bit more it's just plotting it's always the same slow rhythm on all at least all the songs that you chose for today hmm. maybe there's a lot of different variety but i don't hear okay it. now we're shifting from it's the artist's responsibility to at least for the songs you chose for t- maybe there's a curatorial <laughs> element at work here yeah or maybe she just does plotting when she talks christian yeah. themes i don't know <laughs> Well, I'll tell you this. I, I was, or maybe I should, maybe I should say, sit on this for a little bit. Because are we kind of going to go through this playlist? Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, are I, we going to tackle it one song at a time? Because I, I don't want to jump ahead. I thought what would be fun for today, just because we've been doing a lot of singles. Well, fun for you and me, not do, fun for a Caroline. <laughs> I, I, yeah, you I want... can talk about it. I can be here. I'll, I'm just going to put on my scholar hat. Oh, <laughs> oh, the glasses are coming up the nose. I've got glasses and a monocle. <laughs> wow. <laughs> She's got two monocles and, and three glasses. Oh my god! Wait, Caroline, your fingers are smoking right now from all this. Oh my lord! Okay, I want to. I just like a quick little background with her. Obviously, young yeah. person, twenty-five years old, uh-huh. born in nineteen ninety-five. Uh, in and around Bartlett, Tennessee. So she's a Tennessee native. She was raised in the church. She was queer. She came out as queer to her Christian parents, even as, as she herself was a Christian herself at the time when she was like 17, 17 think, years yeah. old. And they gave what she calls a radical acceptance of her. We're very sweet and very loving with her. So at a very early age- Not a she, given in that No, of course not. No. Very, very no. surprised. Very, Geographically- very cool. I'm really glad she had that. Yeah, yeah. or religiously. So, so she did have that experience, which I think is why she's been able to inhabit the sort of cognitive dissonance of identity of like, queer Christian artist that sings explicitly about this stuff and has no problem. And there's like a lot of different kinds of, 
of quote unquote Christian artists or deconstructed artists. Obviously, she's not making music for any sort of explicit Christian market. It's more like uh, what I've heard described as like NPR sad girl as a subgenre, which obviously that's how I discovered her myself was <laughs> yeah. via NPR. Um, but yeah, she came but from. She a- is. Oh, sorry. I feel like she's her, her grief feels the sadness of her feels of a, like it's at a different level than like Phoebe Bridgers or Lucy Day or even like some of the like she seems like like Phoebe's like, oh, yeah, that is kind of sad. And Julian is like, girl, do you need help? Like, should you be talking? Is, should, is this okay to listen to? Yeah, Julian <laughs> yeah, yeah. is, uh, yeah, uh, it's all like being hard on you. Almost like, you know, there's a lot of overlap with the thing we make fun of on the show a lot with certain worship and Christian songs where it's like, I'm a worm, I'm a piece of trash, beating your yeah, chest before totally. the Lord. She inhabits a lot of that, even in like whatever mm. progressive Christian state that she's in. And even in listening uh to a lot of her speaking about her faith and speaking about it in different interviews and in articles, she's very thoughtful about the conclusions that she's come to in the sense of like, even in a, in a, um, educational sense in terms of theology like she was someone where it's like well i don't want to go hell but i'm queer so how do i reconcile this and it was a problem for her to solve and she's talked about like so i just got into all these theology books and researched calvinism and blah 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 and gotten into all this it's not it's not a christianity that's like there's something and i think there's got like although it's probably evolved into something more like that now but it's not nominal for her it's like very well uh, the conclusions, I think, are authentically come to, mm-hmm. ho- however they are. At the same time, it is something that narratively has become as much of a gift as it is a burden in terms of hook and what people sure. would write a long-form article about. There's no less than two New Yorker features, one written by Gio Tolentino, one by Rachel Syme, about how she's queer, Christian, and sad, basically. <laughs> like Those are like three <laughs> of the, the main uh, descriptors for a lot of her stuff. Uh, and as we we talked about before, so much of her influence was like punk hardcore stuff, and she has been very open and explicit about being uh, addicted to alcohol and having substance abuse issues. And so much of what she talks about in her music and uh, how she's expressing herself is about those particular struggles. So it's not here's a character that's kind of like this. Here's uh, imagine if you will a story of a person who has some problems. It's like. I fucked up. I'm bad. I'm the, and it's very confessional and almost like Davidic in a way, in terms of like Psalms of like, oh my God, and pleading. Yeah. How low can I go? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's very raw in that sense, which of course, like the Christian hardcore scene makes so much sense when you understand how much of those values are like intrinsically tied to each yeah. other. She's a unique songwriter, in her own right, but like the sort of hardcore influence in this packaging of. How would you describe it again musically, Caroline? Um, plotting? Yeah. <laughs> plotting. I think we got plotting, tuneless. Tuneless. <laughs> tuneless is a good uh, word. Rhythmless. Okay. Tuneless. <laughs> oh, I, oh, I thought you said that. Fun. Maybe. I, oh, um, man. Yeah. 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 So that's like an, an interesting sort of um, packaging or vehicle to put those ideas and thoughts Agreed. into. Yes. And then just like quickly with the history of her music stuff, her first album was like a total fluke. She recorded it in two days. A friend of hers was working at a studio. He's like, do you want to use it for like an hour? And so she recorded it super duper quick. 
and wasn't expecting anything of it. It blew up. It got her a label. It got her attention. It got her like resources to make whatever kind of music she wanted to. She did so with the second album, which was more um, as well, like the same sort of indie stripped down thing of just like piano and guitar, maybe an organ at most. She told me she had a lot of resources and still (laughs) she said two instruments. She wanted... You know, there's something, there's a maybe, uh, you know, we can find some simple, some, earthy some value here, Tyler, a, a sort of Nebraska-esque parameter of like maybe just it's four, like Fargo, four tracks. Yeah. We're talking about Nebraska, the album by Bruce Springsteen. I got it. I was cracking. It's kind of a Minnesota. You can hear the, the plains of yeah, I Minnesota. I hear that. I hear that. Uh-huh. There's no shape. And we can find yeah, the shape. Uh-huh. Just flat. Blob-like. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then she did this. Uh, she does the EP with Boy Genius, which is obviously like more full arrangement stuff. And then uh, did more of the same saying that was sort of an inspiration for doing so on Little Oblivions, in which it's more of a full band sound on which she still plays all the instruments, though. So she does all the drums, all wow. the organ, all the guitar and all that stuff. And it's been interesting though, like just following her career, at least in the sense of how she presents herself to the media, because it's like the old thing we talk about where Switchfoot's like, are we a Christian band? Or are we a band who happens to be Christian? Mm-hmm. But with her, the intersectionality is like, is a little different in that it does intersect with an actual marginalized community of, of, of the queer community where she's like, I'm not a queer artist. I'm not a Christian artist. So she's saying those things earnestly and in sincerity, yeah. but as is, as is expressed with this stuff. So it's kind of a interesting way to reframe it and reframe those ideas. Yeah. I bet it becomes like the only thing people know about you, you know, because mm-hmm. it is like an interesting contradiction, mm-hmm, of like mm-hmm. being queer and then also being like out as a Christian when you're an indie artist can also be a little bit alienating for people yeah, yeah, yeah. um but i, I mean, feel who, like in some of the interviews she was describing it as like a little bit of a millstone as well of just like i also needed to evolve because again i was like 20 years old right, you right, know right, when right. that information first came yeah. out and now i don't exactly know where i'm at and i'm a little looser with it things like that and who could you name other than grace similar baldridge who like can right. occupy that space without any i mean i guess jennifer knapp too but, but yeah that's as far that's, as I know, that's really much it. In her career too. Yeah, I mean, as far as like out, yeah, I think mm-hmm. that's probably it. And as and far I think as like, that would be no, like no, has any notoriety in any meaningful and the, way. And as interviewers, I'm sure you guys are aware of this too. It's very, it's very tempting to latch on to those things in right. conversation mm-hmm. with these people because that's what fans want to hear about. Like that's and a lot of people I know, and and certainly in Julian and Semler's case. Are are they're like they're so grateful to have somebody who they can identify with on that level because there's not a lot of people like that, and yet there's also I'm sure this fear as an artist of being defined in that way when that's not when you feel like you have a lot more creative energy than just to that because even Julian Baker uh, as a as a queer person of faith. It's not really what she writes about all that much. Mm-hmm. Right. You yeah. Know, she's she not trying to like explode things. or explain any of that or like introduce you to this like world or anything like that. It's just right. sort of happenstance. And, and I'm aware that I'm calling her Julian a lot. We're, I don't know why I consider our, us to be on a first name basis. J-Dog. <laughs> it could be weird if you called life, her Miss Baker. Uh, Baker. She says. <laughs> Baker, Baker. <laughs> the, the Baker art. <laughs> yeah, so we did put I'm together. Gonna keep, I'm going to keep calling her Julian. Okay. Yeah. Throughout yeah, yeah. the rest of this conversation. that's fine. I know. Do you think she's the Julian that Carly Rae Jepsen was singing about on... Uh. 
mm-hmm. on her last album on Dedicated. That's a, that's a good headcanon. Wouldn't that be? Sure. A crossover oh, event guess. of just just for me, I guess. So we put together a playlist uh, that's, you know, eight songs long, a, a mix of um, just gorgeous soaring <laughs> melodies <laughs> uh, that we I can loved go it. through. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So the first one uh, is a song called Rejoice that we can just listen to. Just imagining Carolina Guantanamo Bay right now. <laughs> Hour 17. <laughs> Speaker hold over her head. Oh, man. All of my friends in plastic bags Walking around, jumping the train tracks Over the fence, veins all black So this is from the first album, pretty nakedly autobiographical, and has um, at least a healthy dose of what might be her worldview when she talks about, I think there's a God and he hears either way when I rejoice and I complain, I never know what to say. Uh, Know my name and all my hideous mistakes. Kind of, again, like what will be... (laughs) even on like pitchfork reviews for this uh for little oblivions in particular they're like listen it's not like an easy hang uh to like (laughs) bathe yourself in a lot of this subject matter because it's about addiction and like mental health stuff and she's so tough on herself throughout in ways that like was even surprising to me finally getting into some of these lyrics like turn out the lights is an album i've probably listened to 70 or 80 times through just like on walks and in the background stuff and then actually digging into and like literally trying to comprehend the lyrics it was like oh my god yeah <laughs> oh sweetie yeah. oh it's like stuff that you would write in your journal or like maybe you would tell your friend but then at the end you would add a timeline like but i'm getting better and i'm working on it you know and i've been talking to a therapist but she's like no tagline yep, like yep, this yep, is yep. just it yeah. i'm here yeah. now it's like if like if this like you know for like 99 percent of the psalms they have that little up tilt at the end you feel like yes. david feels kind of bad like <laughs> all right well i gotta give him something can't complain you know, right. God's in control. Downer. <laughs> and that she just doesn't have that impulse. She she's not playing for the crowd. No. And when I listened to I, when I listened to this one, I was actually I, I turned on this playlist at the gym for the least motivated workout in <laughs> yeah. of all time. Imagine Tyler just <laughs> bench pressing three. It really was not. It, it was <laughs> very low energy. One mile per hour <laughs> treadmill. <laughs> the gains. The gains were not. They they were they came a little slow. <laughs> Your muscles you control and became smaller during the course of the song somehow. <laughs> My ass disappeared. <laughs> but I've I've thought a few times when I listen to songs about in which people who who are not Christian or don't believe in God express like skepticism through their music. Songs like Vampire Weekends, Yah Hey, um, Phoebe Bridgers, uh, Chinese Satellite. Mm-hmm. These are songs they kind of like stake their flag in the ground of of not believing and it struck me many times how close it is to believing like the coin flip that we mm-hmm. all kind of make when it comes to believing in god and for me the like it just tilts slightly over to i, I believe i believe there's a god up there mm-hmm. and for them they just slightly different way and yet we express a lot of the same sentiments right up to that point 
I'm having a hard time. I've tried yeah, to write this no, many I'm times, totally and I have a very difficult you. time articulating it. Yeah, and I, I know thought about mean. that listening to this song today because she's right. This song could so easily be a song of I don't really believe in a god at all, but it just barely tilts over into. But I do. Yeah, is that interesting? And yeah. and I really resonate with that. That's a very like both that and and other songs that express kind of skepticism about the belief in God. They those really those hit me as well in a really serious in a really profound way because mm. they sound, they're they're very relatable no matter which side of the coin you end up on. I think. Yeah. Yeah, and they feel. Um, I don't know what the word is. But I'm thinking like brave a little bit too to to express all that skepticism. And like you said on the coin flip, like kind of the easier, the more common, the more mainstream choice would be like, and that's why obviously I don't believe, you know, like that, that just, it does make sense. Like you walk down that trail, you get there like, yeah, I get Mm -hmm. that. And so it does feel kind of brave to still be like, and I'm still here and you probably didn't expect that. And that's what works for me. And it doesn't really make a lot of sense either. And that, that takes, and you, and you can't explain yourself at some point. You just have to be like, eh, and that's where I'm at. Right, yeah. which would, it's understandable why this is so compelling as like a, I don't want to be reductive in terms of like identity politics, but it, it is so compelling to listen mm-hmm. to, to listen to someone being like, and yet, you know, but nevertheless, mm-hmm. and and there's a bad version of that, and there's a harmful version of mm-hmm. that. But for this person, where it's like, I see they're struggling, but there is some sort of comfort in that and in that idea, which again has evolved. I think when she talks about it now, it is different than the way she used to I talk it about it like though. six or seven years ago. Uh, but still, mm-hmm. yeah, very compelling. Uh, the next song uh, on the playlist we got is Faith Healer. Uh, and Caroline, just use your words to kind of paint the picture of everything you're noticing right here. Which honestly, it's truly a little hill songy. Go to the grocery store, <laughs> and then I find. I mean, I wrote one. I did it. So Faith Healer, this is like one of the singles, obviously. From uh-huh. <laughs> well, it's such a banger. <laughs> she played on this Colbert. Pretty good. This is uh, merciless. I like this one. <laughs> uh, this one's okay. Oh, how gracious. <laughs> but this kind of marries two of the major themes that she talks about a lot in her work, which is faith and addiction and how those things might be the same thing for some people in terms of like chasing a high and it doesn't matter if it's real as long as I feel something, et cetera, and so on. And equivocating those things is kind of a powerful experience because I think in a lot of her music, she talks not not necessarily about duality, but whatever the word would be for both at the same time, where maybe it's not a dichotomy of good and evil and heaven and hell, but it's like, it's almost just those things are the same thing, but flipped at different times. So like addiction is this destructive thing and faith can be this like positive or like um, iterative thing if you let it be in, in its best version in a per, in a person's life. But the seeds of which might be the same. There might be some overlap of like where they actually come from. Mm-hmm. So when it's like faith healer healing, give, give me your snake oil, I don't care if I, as long as I feel something. It's like, yeah, 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 that might be that. Yeah. That might be church and that might be at people's lowest points, how they treat their substances that yeah. they're also addicted to. And it can to. be as consuming as well. And mm-hmm. how much you can throw yourself into church if you're like maybe lacking or not feeling mm-hmm. right, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
and it gives for for people who or listen to her who maybe haven't had, you know, the same, you know, haven't struggled with addiction or substance abuse issues. The, it kind of evens the playing field and gives them a little bit of a window into what, because there's so much, mis- mm. you know, we have a lot of ideas about what addiction is actually like if you haven't, if that hasn't been part of your story. And this really does help uh, provide a window into they're like, oh, I have experienced that feeling before. Yeah. I know what you're talking mm-hmm. about there. Which is really helpful for a conversation is when you when you inevitably and over the course of life do when addiction becomes part of your story, either your own story or the story of somebody that you love. It, I think these songs can be really, really helpful for that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The next song on our playlist today is something is a song called Ringside, also from Little Oblivions. Myself into bloody Which already it's like, Julian, no, it's okay. <laughs> yeah. Friend. Say that it's embarrassing. Sorry that you had to see me. I think this album might be a little more, might address some of your critiques of her earlier work. In some ways, Caroline. Yeah, there's there's something here. There's there's <laughs> something here. She's getting there. There's a little more some something. <laughs> she kind of went up there, Caroline. Exciting. Yeah, <laughs> that was really cool. <laughs> I think it's frustrating too because I can tell she's a good singer, and yet I get this one range, like pretty much this whole time. You know, it's like five notes mm. <laughs> in this like little mm. small area. Do you think that's Later in a s- like that's an aesthetic choice in a way, like limited range? <laughs> yeah. Well, when you're singing in your car, you know, you're not trying to stretch yourself oh God, too much. One to way the car or another. we go. Now you're just kind of like James what can Corden I do? over here. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, this song, and then I think another song um, that was also on this list that you'll you'll know when I talk about it. Uh? I, I think it's so interesting um, how like probably the heart one of the hardest parts of addiction, if not the most hardest part, is how taxing it can be on your relationships and how many second chances and all those things. Um, start to add up you know and some people maybe eventually need to draw a boundary or just the shame of being like observed you know in a low point would be really hard and I think that there's um it makes me happy to imagine that faith could be there for you in that way and that if you have a concept of God that is merciful that that that's a relationship that can never be overextended Mm -hmm. you know and that can be really lovely and I think really a big savior if you're in addiction and that's probably why they talk about higher power and everything but it just helps to yeah to have someone who like doesn't have a limited amount of mercy the way a human would you know and so I can imagine you reaching out for God in that moment. Yeah, it is interesting how she frames Jesus as maybe an option, but not a solution mm-hmm. in the song too, though, where it's like, yeah, you help me or this yeah, work at all? Yeah, right. Yeah. Because it seems to be a lot of, of what she's talking about. It's like, it's the mercy that hurts or it's the second chances that really bother me. Like, I wish you would just like ditch me or leave me. The know? line from this song is nobody deserves a second chance, but I keep giving them mm-hmm. and, and I keep getting them. Yeah. And everyone deserves second chances and many, many doses of mercy right. and everything. Which know? I think is is the kind of message of that by inverting the getting and the giving mm-hmm. in, that, in that last part, which is pretty powerful. 
I like this song. This was the this was the one you picked if we were going to talk about one song. You said like Ringside I did. would be the one. What did you think about yeah, this I did song, Tyler? Um, I, I feel like it deals... Uh, I enjoy. I like this one a lot. I feel like it deals with her, um, with with some of the the tensions that are implicit. Kind of like I think you guys said it very well. That are implicit in a lot of her music and makes it a little more explicit than she sometimes does. It's very much on that. And I I I'm also familiar with this idea that she kind of explores here of uh, when you're raised around this idea of second chances and grace that at some point it stops feeling like like a grace and it starts feeling mm. almost like a like it's exacerbating your own problems mm-hmm. because you, you feel like this la- this almost uh it becomes exhausting uh mm-hmm. because you're like oh, um, now you have to forgive me again and i don't really feel like i deserve to be forgiven i don't maybe want to be forgiven uh, and and think sometimes your attempts at self sabotage, which is what you might be trying to do sometimes, when they fall against somebody or something or a, a belief system even that's so nice that, you, that there's no way you can sabotage it. Mm. After a while, it just starts to be kind of excruciating for yourself, and I I think that that's probably a pretty familiar struggle for people who grow up in the faith system that she did and that I did as well. But I don't think I've ever heard it expressed in the way that at all, really. Like that's like a lot of her thoughts. Uh, that would be something I would keep to myself. <laughs> you yeah. know, when those you like chase those thoughts away and push them down, and that, and she doesn't have that impulse. And I'm glad, mm-hmm. but it can be it can be hard to listen to. I'm glad it too. Cause, yeah, because it's a really very real uh, phenomenon, but it's not like something you can share in small group. <laughs> you know, or exactly. like at church. Yeah, or you get blank stares. Don't at forgive Bible study, me. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah Caroline, you mentioned the lyric, uh, and it comes from the end of the song, mm. "Song in E," also from Little Oblivions. This is one of the songs uh, in the last half of the album that's more stripped down, back to kind of a, what I'd call a Caroline speed and kind of a preference. Got <laughs> <laughs> piano this time. And uh, the couplet that so ends pretty, two of the verses is that it's the mercy I can't take. I wish you'd heard me, but it's the mercy that I can't take. Yeah. Which I think, you know, we find and we've talked about like there's a certain kind of man and woman uh, that likes being yelled at in in Christian circles and in certain religious contexts where it's like you want punishment and you want the consequence for your actions. And it like... And that's a lot of shame-based stuff, as well as, like, I'm sure, stuff to work out in therapy. It's also kind of an irreligious desire, I think, sometimes. Like, the idea of just, like, I need someone to tell me that I did wrong. And, like, complete the cycle. Because then, if grace is offered truly in, like, an authentic way or forgiveness of this sort, especially if it's over and over again, it's going to feel unresolved. I'm not going to feel like Mm -hmm. the action or the emotion within me is completed, Mm -hmm. which I've definitely felt uh, a Mm -hmm. number of times. Yeah, like, it doesn't match, like, maybe the punishment you think you deserve. Right, 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 right. For the crime. And then they're like... And it'd be almost easier if it did, because that would at least make sense in your head. Like, there's that that life transaction would check. Mm -hmm. Um... Yeah. But it's just not something that has worked for you, and then you feel, and then you start feeling bad about yourself because you're like, "Well, I should be happy that that, that I am being granted this the, this uh, this something that I don't feel like I deserve." 
but I'm not happy about it. And that starts that cycle all over again. Mm-hmm. It's terror. It's horrible. Or when people practice so much kindness and then you feel like you owe them something too, you know, uh-huh. like, oh, I yeah. need to return yeah. on this con- kindness as well can mm-hmm. be a burden. The, the, yeah, the kind of ingrained feeling of necessary reciprocity, which may, yeah, isn't the case a lot of times when it's, uh, when it's authentic, when it's authentically offered right. yeah. by another person. And this theme is also kind of prevalent in uh, the song, Happy to Be Here, which includes the line, there's nowhere I can hide from your humiliating grace. And I want mm-hmm. us all to imagine a world in which uh, instead Matt Redman wrote a song called <laughs> The Overwhelming Never Ending Humiliating, humiliating Love of God. Of God. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm humiliated right now. <laughs> There's this one, and then there's, I think this is on the list too. It's, uh, I can't remember the name of it, but it might be that, uh, that Everything to Help You Sleep song. Mm hmm. Yeah. Um, which I think might be my favorite of hers, actually. Ooh. Um, I was listening, I was listening, that one was getting me through some deadlifts at the gym today, and, and I, I got a little <laughs> misty. Got a little, you know, cause sometimes, cause sometimes the heaviest thing you lift at the gym. Oh my gosh, Tyler! Yeah. Thank you for right? saying that. <laughs> you know, goodness you know, gracious, yeah. You know? <laughs> but I really was. But I really was listening, and I really was. It was. I think because it's a very. It, it is a very sad song, but it's also this a one's sad. Very, <laughs> it's a, Over a change of pace. It feels the most, and she uh, of of the many songs that have this energy to them. It feels the most sort of psalmic to me, like a, like a very sure, sure, very much a. It's almost structured, sort of like a like like a psalm or a prayer. And there's a lot of the the psalmic sort of like oh Lord, oh Lord, the like addressing mm-hmm. directly to God, and then just saying basically oh Lord. I don't want to be here. I I real I feel like shit. And here is how I'm feeling. And again, resists that very very Christian, maybe very very evangelical impulse to like find some sort of little at the end. Like, and I'm so glad that you listened to me. End of the song. Like yeah. it just doesn't happen. And I'm so glad that song exists, even as as despairing as it is, and as frankly kind of like worrying as it is um I'm, I'm just glad that that song creates space for people who feel that way because we all do but you're not really allowed to express that and yes. again mm-hmm. more blank stares at the bible study that you yeah. did if you brought that one up or everybody <laughs> yeah. would crowd around you you know tyler no yeah, that's not how a, you feel a rain of sympathy yeah. like you're hey. so messed up clearly yeah. oh let me tell you all the hopeful messages you know that i have uh-huh. that you clearly need and you're like, no, mm-hmm. I purposely didn't add the coda because I'm not done yet. I'm, I haven't worked through this. It's right. not finished, you know? I think it's rare that people right. in this state, and speaking from experience too, are most comforted by solutions offered. Yeah. Rather than just... Yeah. Well, that's been the whole point of church, you know, up until that point. Yeah. Of well, solutions totally offered. Solutions, solutions. Like that is I what evangelical church I've, is all about. I've got the same impulse in me. Like I would do it yeah, too. If somebody, yeah. if, if, if Julian was my friend and since I'm talking about her like she is, we might as well just go <laughs> J-Dog, check her out at the Kroger on uh, Main Street. <laughs> the Kroger Barn? Yeah, the Kroger Barn wedding. <laughs> and if she was, so if she was my friend and she sat down and she expressed these things to me, not in song, but through the art of speech, then I would try to provide some sort of, you know, it'd be my natural, it'd be my f- raised from birth instinct to sure. try to uh, 
to try to to, to push back yes. in a way that to me would feel like I'm trying to do a very good thing, um, but would not actually be very helpful. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and it sometimes listening to this can be helpful for me to remember that when and if Julian and I become friends, to not do that. But also, <laughs> there's people listen. in my own life who are feeling this way that Man. this is that's not what they're looking for from me. Yeah, and you don't need to force them to be dishonest in order to reassure you to be like, yeah, you're right. It feels yeah. I'm good now. You know, never mind yeah, about yeah, all yeah. that stuff I said. When again, like you said, most of us feel this way at some point or another, and often in our lives. Yeah, yeah. and uh, I can't wait for her to listen to this episode when it comes oh, up me, on the Google. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I get that. I'm going to be served next week. <laughs> there was a verse in Happy to Be Here, uh, which we were playing a little bit earlier, where she talks about, if I could do what I want, I would become an electrician. I'd climb inside my ears. I would rearrange the wires in my brain. A different me would be inhabiting this body. I would have two cars, a garage, a job, and I would go to church on Sunday, which reminds me of feelings I've had at the sort of height of whatever you want to call it, the evangelical fever of the 2010s that I went through in the sense of, oh, well, I'm like messed up and I just need the red goes into green instead of blue. And if I just did that, then it's going to click in and then faith will be a linear construct for me to enter into. And it's so funny to see it. Yeah. Also reflected. Yes, yes, yes. And not only that, but it's like, I can just like live somewhere easy that doesn't have <laughs> rent prices like LA. I don't have to do what I'm doing. I don't have to be who I'm being right now. And it's just like a matter of fixing me in some ways. And I think yeah. so much of like the Christian theology of like your heart being deceitful above all things, your body being flesh, your you know, that that is sort of ingrained into the whole deal. That's kind of part and parcel with it. Uh, so I appreciated seeing that reflected mm-hmm. in that song. There's another song in on our playlist called televangelist i don't know if anything resonated from that one with us that was just kind of more a metaphor for you know uh, how communication is what i took it to be yeah it's not as it's not as christiany as the title would lead you to believe maybe mm-hmm. but it's <laughs> yeah. a but it's also though just obviously like kind of like me like a lot of the, when i write things just kind of gravitate back towards a lot of christian metaphors because that's the world that i know best and, mm-hmm. and yes, so yeah. i i understand her impulse there I see that too. it's a great i it's a great song tuneful uh tuneful yeah. okay caroline squinting <laughs> her little eyes right now trying to <laughs> i was genuinely wondering like when she has to play these at concerts like how does she remember <laughs> What's how does how she remember? <laughs> what do you mean? How does she remember? <laughs> it sounds like she's kind of making it up. I've, I've like, seen her. I've seen her twice now. Oh yeah, and uh, and uh, both she remembered the lyrics both times. As far as I can see, tell. Caroline, she remembered the lyrics. lyrics, and the tune was the same. And you know what? <laughs> the second time I saw her was, was part of the Boy Genius tour, so it was like her and Lucy and Phoebe all did their little sets, and then mm-hmm. they all came out together at the end, and that was great. But the first time I saw her. Um, Pedro the Lion opened for her. Wow! Which uh, David Bazan obviously is a he's, huge. He's influence. been in the trenches of this, yeah. yeah. And obviously, like very much, like she was, she she maybe more than any of the people we've mentioned so far, really walks in his footsteps as a songwriter, yeah. anyway, as a lyricist. Um, and hearing them together b- revealed that in ways I probably hadn't totally put together. 
beforehand but she's it's it's a great live show it's very it, it reminded me a lot also of being like in high school and going to dashboard confessional shows because you have the whole crowd is just every line of every verse of every song singing along singing along it's, the whole uh, time uh, oh, that's cool. The last song on the <laughs> playlist is a song called <laughs> Go Home, which is, uh, you know, the home, I think, that she's talking uh, yeah, about here. Uh, yeah. Which, again, tells another tale of addiction and wanting to leave your body and not wanting to be here anymore. And then going to that ultimate home. Pretty brutal. And this is the final track on her first album, Twisted Ankle. Damn it, Caroline. Now I'm thinking about your voice. When I... <laughs> Just enjoy it. Just let it roll in, you know? It could be for you. I think this one is obviously most notable in terms of uh, explicit Christian ties with how it ends, which is of course with literally a sermon snippet sampled over the music and her version of In Christ Alone on piano. Which, when she would play this live, wow. she would sing some of the lyrics of the song. I've never seen her. Another another of the times when I saw her, did she play Do this, this one? song? Ooh, that's really moving. Mm. Oh, well, well, well. A different song in her song. It's <laughs> getting love. radicalized. <laughs> radicalized. This is how it starts. <laughs> Next time I'm on this podcast in Honestly, 2022, you're going to yeah. be you're going to have a you're going to have a Julian tattoo. Oh, if Julian I was in knuckle tattoo place. Yeah, I think I would so you, get into it. So you you like when she does covers of different songs. <laughs> Tyler, maybe I should send her she's Julian got, Baker's cover, cover of Badlands by Bruce Springsteen. Which, 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 which it, I wouldn't put the two together other than no. I'm a big fan of them both and sure. want to be their friends. But it's a good cover. It is a good cover. Badlands. I think it's a good cover. Yes. But I, I love that. Convincing. Uh, <laughs> it's a good cover. <laughs> yeah. Do you like Boy Genius, Caroline? Or have you listened to any Boy Genius? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't have a definitive opinion on that. Should we play I you say five no, but seconds I of Boy Genius? <laughs> you just, you, I, mean, I like feel this? like you have a fundamental distaste for NPR Sad Girl. Yeah, I just don't think it's for me. Yeah. Um, okay. And it's not that I don't like Sad Girl. Like, I really love an artist named Samia who does a lot of Sad Girl music, mm-hmm. but there's... <laughs> you know, I think I just like... I think I like more layered music, like stuff that has a little bit more mm-hmm. going on. So do you like like Kate Bush? Like is that what you're no, talking about? Uh, Lana not, Del Rey, not. Weathering Heights. Oh, you like Kate Bush? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, like oh. that. I like that a lot. Oh my oh, gosh! Wait, do you like Tori Amos? I don't think so. Oh, okay. Um, Tori okay. Amos was big for me. Our name Huxley. Well, that that kind of sounds like Tori, this. Tori has like. layers. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Layers is, is probably also a misdirection. Shades, watercolors. It's like, it's like we're oh, talking I to Amy Grant again. Instruments in order to be I feel happy. like I'm putting you on the spot. I feel like I'm putting you on the spot. I'm not trying to put you on the spot. No, no, no it's I'm okay. trying to figure out the vibe. I know. It's, it's fun well, to figure out what out people respond to in music. so hard of yeah. like not liking this. And uh, I, talk I, about Fiona? ringside. Are you, I could talk about are you a Fiona Apple fan? Sure, yeah. Not not crazy into her, but I really, I like her music, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Interesting that you use the word crazy when 
and talking about a female <laughs> about artist. women yeah, yeah. I'm not no, crazy that's not like something, she is that's not like hmm. something Tyler and I would do but if you do that that's okay I guess Kevin, thank you you're um, welcome are you no I like I like Fiona Apple um yeah I don't know <laughs> I think I'm more just in a pop mood lately too pop mood sure yeah 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 yeah. Well, what's sure. the, what's yeah. the pop equivalent of Julian Baker? <laughs> like someone that has like I want to die anthems, not just ballads. Perhaps I don't know who that mm. would be currently. Mm. Is that Robin? Is that basically isn't that kind of Robin's whole thing? Yeah, Robin. Robin there wants to what's kind of wants to die a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, I mean, she's sad, you know. But you're she dancing. keeps dancing on her own. That's kind of sad <laughs> when you think about yeah, it. Yeah, that feels. I feel like she's. I, I mean, feel like she's way. known for for a lot of those. Like, Adele. I don't know about want to die. She's not as sad. Yeah. As, do you like uh, Adele? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. Uh, we're no, finding, we're finding just, that sweet. We're figuring spot. it out. It's fun. I'm it's just, fun to figure out people's taste. Uh, I like hunting. some Lana Del Rey here and there. I feel like that's sort you know, of nearby. I've, I've no. a, I'm I'm kind of a big fan for of Lana Del Rey. She's forever my problematic fave. I like Courtney Barnett. No, I don't. We, we love Lana Del Rey. She, the opposite of plotting musically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very, very plotting. Very plotting for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's all over the place. I gotcha. I think I really just like exactly what I like and I can't explain uh, anything further. Man. Do you As find circled the drain? No, I, I'm no, 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 but I will say no. And I never, I don't want to put you in a corner or make you feel one way or the other about it. But like, do you find any, it's always fun. I think to figure out why people are attracted or not attracted to the things they are and aren't. Mm-hmm. Do you find any joy in like, it, even like, because music is so instinctual, it just kind of hits your body and you don't think about it really. When yeah. you're enjoying it, you don't think about it. When you're not enjoying it, you're like, I don't like this. And maybe you don't think about it in that way. But do you find any like kind of joy in sort of like sussing that out and like defining the edges of that in any way? Um, yeah, in, in some way. And I think it's also just not a mystery in my own head, you know, of, like how I feel about well, it. It's certainly like, a mystery well, to this us. Is good. <laughs> <laughs> And I, I think it maybe also has something to do with like the music. I, I was listening to oldies all growing up, but mm-hmm. that I like maybe that retro sound. And also I was in choir for like a long time. And so Random a good voices. vocal performance like means a lot mm-hmm. to me too. Mm-hmm. And that will really make me feel something. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So it's all part like those things She's are part the of the. Po- okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, you let us say that about you. You don't say that. <laughs> Anywho. Oh my gosh. But Julian, you know, keep it up. You go girl. I love it. Shine oh, bright like a slay diamond. Queen. Slay on. I'm you happy for you. I'm sorry for you. Whatever happened. <laughs> Whatever happens. Didn't read it. <laughs> I'm not going to read all that. Um, but again, I think her lyrics are really extraordinary. And when I was reading them, then I was like, oh my God, this is, this is mm-hmm, so beautifully mm-hmm. put. But, mm-hmm. And I can understand like why this is so big for a lot of people too. And I think she's about to graduate college or just recently graduated college. She wow. went back and got her degree and she might yeah. get a PhD. And in interviews now, even Dang. with her third album and, you know, doing the whole thing and all the success she's had, she's like, I mean, I'm do music very much longer. I don't know. Like she seems pretty, she could take it or leave it cool. in some ways. Like she's yeah. an artist, like in that capital A but way. Like she careerist. Does, we're, yeah. No, we're she not doesn't her in a box either. What's that? <laughs> we're not putting her in a box either. That's you, right. absolutely yeah. not. Julian, you do you. We're, we're all, we'll be cheering you on from the sidelines. You'll get oh, less Tyler. coverage, that's for sure. Tyler and I will be cheering you on. Carol will probably cheer her on more if she leaves music. <laughs> <laughs> I really, actually, I Go really. Girl, guys, a let's do a GoFundMe for her PhD. <laughs> oh my <laughs> I really God. Want her to die we need study. women scientists. 
<laughs> we need women in STEM. Oh my God. Okay, well, let's give it a roaster toast, gang. You know how it works. Thumbs up or thumbs down. Holy toast, we send Julian to heaven. Or holy roast, we send her to. Which she no longer believes in, of course. Or we can send her to. And Caroline, you have the honors of kicking oh, off. The wrap up. You know what? This will be a tweener for me. Tweeny. A tweeny. Uh, again, okay. lyrically. And, and, and some of these songs I really thought were quite lovely. Um, and then just otherwise, not for me. <laughs> <laughs> fair. That's so and fair. That's I hope, it kindly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's how I feel about it. But it was cool to explore this and like talk about these themes, knowing her background and our context as well. And like how much more these songs could mean for us as like church kids. I, I really enjoyed that aspect. Oh, yeah. We'll turn to Tyler. Oh, heaven for me for sure. Yeah, I got no, no notes. No notes. Uh, thumbs all the way up. No she, notes. What Caroline she, thinks she, about her melodies. <laughs> <laughs> so when you make kind of your gym jams, it's just. Oh, yeah. I'm going to do it again tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to. Yeah, I, I think I might okay, just keep this you, joke. you know, you got mind, body, soul all going together. There's there. a song called Relative Fiction on Little Oblivions that I've listened to on Peloton multiple times. On Peloton. <laughs> Yes, shut up. <laughs> let's go. Peloton. It works. No, I don't say let's go Peloton to myself. Yeah, you I let the lady say it to you me from the screen. Come on. <laughs> my subscription lapses. I pretend I'm my own instructor. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's a podcast. Obviously, what's a podcast? Me as my own Peloton yeah. instructor. <laughs> Having a breakdown. I'd listen. Oh my gosh. Well, listen, second service. Uh, of course, I'm giving a holy toast. Julian, you were the soundtrack to literally hundreds of walks I took between the years 2017 and 2018. You've been the soundtrack of many a ride for me in the mm. last couple of months. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's been sitting on this album for a full year. She she finished Little Oblivions last January and only put it out February of this year. I love what she's getting at. I love that she exists for other people. And I love that when she talks about her own stuff, that she is consistent in that the lack of resolution is kind of the point. It's resonance. It's making people feel seen and heard, kind of what we do on this very show. And that she exists for people to just say, oh, yeah, same. Oh, yeah, me too as well. Um, so I love and that. And a good reminder that the, the more the more like honest and real and, and vulnerable you are, the the more community you might be surprised that you find that, that there's a lot of. Yes. Absolutely. That there's a lot of other people out there who are like you at that fundamental level. And sometimes the only way to find those people is to, to air those things out. And I'm glad that she is brave enough to do that on her albums because it's made me feel less alone in some mm, ways yeah. oh yeah so you the dear listener i can't wait to see how these poll results shake out go to christian fun pod and give her a roast or a toast yourself get out there and pokemon go to the polls guess what Ghost economy. We need a new one that's like, get the vaccine or whatever he's saying now. I like ghost economy. Hey, ghost economy. Longer. Uh, okay, we'll keep it a little longer. You know what? You're right, Caroline. Let's delay encouraging people to get the vaccine. <laughs> Let's do the economy, you funny one, a little longer. Okay, we're, yeah, we dimming, time. we're dimming the lights. We're lighting the candles. It's been a long one. We really went to church today. It's like been to church. It's been good, uh, but we're not here to plug ourselves or our projects we're just here to lift something up maybe it's a marvel something something that's some venn diagram overlap of y'all's interests maybe it's something else in the secular culture uh but we'll start as per usual caroline i got two lift ups for you 
Uh, one is an activity. Uh, it's called giving blood because there's a shortage. And if you're healthy and you can do it, uh, go do it. Mine was really traumatic and I'm not going to talk about it, but it was really rough. But I'm glad I did it because people need it. And it was very minor discomfort coming <laughs> What? I'm really selling this, aren't I? Wow. <laughs> do this. Not, really not that not bad. Do this. trauma. <laughs> Listener, go out and do a trauma. It might not be traumatic for you. Um, okay, so I watched this show on Peacock called Golden, and it is about uh, women's gymnastics, specifically the women that were competing to be on the team for this year. Ooh. And it is like five episodes, and it is unbelievable mm-hmm. it's it's pretty amazing um it's very illuminating about gymnastics in general and how it maybe like shouldn't exist especially for women and girls that start at 16 17 um but but the best part about it is each of these athletes athletes are just incredible people like they are so smart they are so convicted they're so strong they are just like morally amazing people um so it, it, you come out of that just having a lot of affirmation admiration for these women so really recommend that watch golden thank you caroline we turn it to tyler um let's see i'll give a you know what i'll I'll give i'll give a recommendation to uh a a movie that probably needs no introduction but that maybe could use a little bit of of support uh went and checked out roadrunner the new documentary about the life and times of Mr. Anthony Bourdain. I'm Anthony weekend. Bourdain. <laughs> I mean, and, and so I want to address it. So I want to address that because I know because you may be familiar with some of the the controversy around the fact that they used some of the um, some of some letters that Bourdain wrote, but did not narrate during his life for any recording that we know of. And instead, they kind of sent these letters off to a voice recognition software company who used footage from the reservations to recreate what his voice would have sounded like if he had read these out loud. It's it's very brief, but it is noticeable when it when it happens. I don't think ethically that I feel good about them doing this. Uh, I would not recommend. Uh, I. I hope nobody does this for me. You know, when I, when people make my posthumous documentary, I'm (laughs) going to go on record with that, not wanting that to be the case. I want to go on record saying I'm absolutely fine with whatever y'all want to do. I'm cashing in for decades, honestly. I I support Caroline in everything she does. Dexter. (laughs) That's my sign off. Dexter. Over and out. Yeah, but Morgan Neville, you know, he might have made a mistake. Just a little mistake. But But beyond that, you think the documentary is really good but i but i think the documentary is well worthwhile i i you know given given that reservation which is real and which is there and which i do have i i still i was, I was very very into that and and really appreciated in some ways i think the 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 lack of hagiography around it and mm-hmm. how much they did they they did not put him or who he was up on a pedestal which is very rare for a documentary like this it would have been the very easy track to take i don't feel like neville took that track here and i I, it was a richer documentary for it and i've been thinking about it ever since i I would like to go see it again so Mm -hmm. that would be so so bless up to the bourdain team nice excellent all right thank you tyler you can lift me up at kevin t porter as a companion piece to uh roadrunner I'll lift up Burnt, uh, 2015 movie starring Bradley Cooper. <laughs> Based on Kitchen Confidential. Need a t-shirt for that guy. Uh, 
What, Burnt? The chef <laughs> that he plays in. The that. chef from Burnt. <laughs> you, you think that'll be his like Oscar clip that they play when he passes away 50 yeah. years from now? It's like just him flipping something in the kitchen and Burnt. <laughs> uh, no, I'll lift up. Oh, God, no, it's so stupid. I'll lift up uh, the old. Old was yes. so fun. I had a great time in the theater. Oh, did you see it? I did. I turned to my friend afterward and I said, if we catch the Delta variant, because we saw old <laughs> in the theater. Thematically fitting. It'll be worth it. It's thematically <laughs> fitting. That, that movie, there's a lot it has to say about coronavirus vaccine. I'll old say that is much. hilarious. It's amazing. Everyone yeah. should see it. Yeah. Uh, lift us up at Christian Fun Pod everywhere. Go to patreon.com slash goodchristianfun for more good Christian fun. And you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Each review you leave, we donate a daughter charity. This month's charity is... N-D- N-D-L-O-N. I almost said Refuge House, which was June, not July. Thank you, Caroline. And thank you, Tyler. Good grief. What a great episode. Thanks, Tyler. Always good to see you. You're getting an invite to the Shrek wedding I'm having. (laughs) (laughs) You're getting in the swamp. You and Liz for sure are getting in my swamp. I want to be, I want to, I want to officiate it as Lord Farquaad. Yeah. yeah. You got the hair. (laughs) He does have the hair. Oh, man. I'll keep it. Hell yes. And there's nothing left to say except for an all pods people said amen <laughs> caroline what sick tune do you want to go out on oh let's do song and e i like song and e oh song and e song and e song and e you know there's a note there's another chord tuneless. and then it changes again okay that's like out. the five chord um, tuneless she says Big energy okay. tonight. <laughs> There's something that I'm sure someone's written a long read about, like why Julie and Lucy and Phoebe are just like Hillsong worship leaders or whatever for a deconstructed end. If you if you if you have that take, send it my way. I'll, I will. I'll run that. Kevin, oh, write yeah, it. I'll write run the it. hell out of that. <laughs> All right, we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Bye. Week when you heard my name, you. That was a HeadGum Podcast.